Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Needs. <laughs> Did you forget the name of the podcast? No, I forgot. This is the, 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 the plug in my speaker of Needs. Oh. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Needs, some introduction. In today's episode, we'll be discussing the final episode of this short seven episode season This uh, of a murder at the end of the world, an episode called Retreat. And in my, by the way, this is my second attempt to try to kick off this episode. The, uh, as I was saying previously, when I was not recording, that this is the shortest episode we've had of this show. And it was kind of uh, interesting to replay it, just to kind of scrub through it, preparing for this conversation that in the first five minutes, we're still kind of throwing red herrings in there. Then there's 10 minutes where they lay out everything that happened and the, including the thematics of the show. Then they spend about 10 episodes where they, 10 minutes, I should say, where they're trying to destroy the computer. It was a very protracted section of the story, which was not very interesting, to be totally honest. And then we have about 10 minutes at the end for, for wrap up. And before we get into how satisfying or unsatisfied you were with this particular thing, let's just walk through the plot in a little bit of detail here and kind of outline the mystery. We had kind of touched on everything that turns out to be relevant here in this final episode. Although we didn't really connect those dots, although I guess they weren't too hard to figure out. Now in retrospect, now how satisfying they were, <laughs> that's a whole other conversation. Oh boy. At the top of the episode, we are descending down into this underground bunker. Andy's explaining that this is the correct depth. No one's going to find them there if they don't want to be found. The police are about to reach the outside of the this underground silo although no one's going to find them because no one knows that there's this underground bunker. And he's like, we have enough time to unravel the end of this mystery. We do, I guess, just to kind of tie up loose ends, we have Lumet describing that in a way she was there because he was trying to sell the ray technology, which ends up being very important here, to Lumet for her smart cities. And I guess, you know, you can't have these kind of rivals meeting in public without raising a lot of speculation. So it's kind of an some kind of subterfuge to allow this conversation to occur. All of that turns out to not be important at all to <laughs> <laughs> the resolution of the murder. And as we started to outline last week, when we were kind of laying out all the clues, we had touched on most of what we see laid out here. Bill had mentioned that the killer was a failure of programming. We had speculated that almost certainly meant the AI. It indeed did mean the AI. The loose ends here, of course, being who injected Bill and who used the remote heart monitoring device to mess with Rohan's pacemaker. Turns out it was little Bill Jr., <laughs> a.k.a. Zoomer, who was wearing his AR headset. We had mentioned earlier in an earlier episode that they did spend a lot of time trying to show us what's happening, this uh, virtual reality headgear that he's wearing. And I'm like, wow, it's weird that they spent time rendering that world I guess it's all to pay off here in the final moments where we see that since there's a whole completely alternate world that a little boy is interacting with, he didn't do it in any form of maliciousness. He was just playing a game. And of course, Ray was manipulating him through this game, which included him giving Rohan the heart attack via that machine and also Bill getting injected with the morphine. So Zoomer did it, basically. How did you feel at this moment in the show, Soda? I mean, well, this is disappointing. Um, <laughs> I, I'm searching for words. And I'm trying to be articulate about my feelings, but 
in the end, I just didn't like any of this. I didn't find it satisfying at all. Yeah. I, I do give them credit at least for showing how the morphine shot happened. Right. Because I did have questions as a grown up with a child around that age, why you would let a child <laughs> right. take a real syringe and put that into you. So I was happy that they showed that he was distracted looking at, Bill was distracted looking at something else when it happened and was immediately alarmed. So that was good, but- um, They uh, did see this a little bit, even in the first episode, because they were like mm -hmm. playing doctor earlier. Right. So this game that he was playing between Ray and Bill and himself was kind of in effect. So this is just an extension of the play they had earlier. Uh, but like you mentioned, you know, unless you just suspected that that was like a toy needle coming out of the bag and you didn't realize it was an actual needle, then of course uh, he did. There was kind of a reliance there that Bill was distracted at that moment. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know about, I, I know we're supposed to think Zoomer's brilliant, but <laughs> I mean, I've had to inject myself and it, you know, I... It's not something that's so super intuitive to someone that's not done it before. Like, I, I don't know. I have questions about a five and a half year old handling a syringe so well. And in its defense, it, it, you know, it, it is one of those like self injecting it was a syringes, pen. like, you know, the way like an EpiPen would work. Was and, it one of uh, the pens? Okay. You know, the syringe doesn't look like a like a syringe with a plunger on it, it is, um, you know, self-contained. So I guess it just kind of self-deploys once it makes contact with skin. And I can assume that with the augmented reality headset on that Ray could very easily be like inject here. You know what I mean? Like it's, so he's basically just hitting a target rather than like finding a vein and doing the whole thing. Right. So I, I don't think that's the case, obviously. And I don't think, I think morphine would be bad enough. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's one of those things that when you're a kid, you don't question it. And as a grown up, you overthink it. But I've had to inject myself with the pens and I still looked long and hard before I did it. Maybe as a kid, you don't overthink it. I'm sorry I'm not more articulate. I just found the whole thing very disappointing. For me, obviously, there's the logistics of it. But, you know, TV shows, I, I'm always pretty forgiving of like the silly logistics because it's kind of a requirement to get, especially if you think about action movies or something like that, where, you know, it never is, you know, realistic in any possible way. To your point, I felt like, yeah, the, the solution of the mystery doesn't seem to be compelling in the fact that it's almost like, haha, we got you. It wasn't someone deleted from the footage. It was just someone who was short. I'm like, okay, fine, but you got me there. But I mean, how satisfying is this as the conclusion, conclusion of the show? This is another question I had about the camera. Like, I understand why that specific camera wouldn't pick up Zoomer. But are there no other angles where you would right. see him walking down the hall or something like that? Yeah, exactly. Why wouldn't the LIDAR have shown him wandering the hallways? Or maybe it did. And, uh, you know, and I'd Ray have to actually go it. back. Well, I don't know if he deleted it. Uh, and that is a good point, actually, that Ray could have theoretically deleted this. If anything has the technology to remove the footage, it would be Ray. But then I do wonder if even if we do go back and look at the LIDAR scan from earlier, if we do see him wandering the hallways and... We, you know, they may have even said, oh, there he is playing with his, you know, with the headset or something. They may not have seen him as anything suspicious, right? But you're right. Like if two minutes before he's near the door, then um, that becomes questionable. But then you have to think about the whole fact that Ray would have probably put him um, only near Bill's um, apartment during the 
refresh of the system intentionally to hide to mask what, what was happening right so because since ray's coordinating all of this he can pretty much find a gap whether he you know artificially creates that circumstance or i should say deletes him from the footage or simply coordinates it where he it, it happens exactly at that time that does make sense I just don't know okay. how satisfying the whole thing is, you know, to be Can honest. Can I just say, I think this comes back to, if they had a proper nanny for this child, none of this would have happened. <laughs> Good point. That's right. Where was Eva this whole time? Oh, well, actually, Eva was delivering the, uh, was giving Andy his treatment, right? So that, that's the distraction there. I mean, it's one thing, I understand it's a self-contained property, so you don't have to worry so much about him. But a proper nanny would keep an eye on the child's whereabouts and be like, you got what from the where now? But, you know, Okay. <laughs> Let's suspend our disbelief. <laughs> it didn't work for me, but I do see what they're trying to do thematically here, where it's this idea that Andy is an abusive father. Andy has enabled this, you know, Zoomer to become this, um, you know, goes back to what was written as far as the serial killer they were pursuing in the past. And I guess that's thematically what ties in here as well. This bad programming, this bad father figure now perpetuates this violence uh, from uh, you know his uh, child, but more importantly, is that it is the toxic conversations with Ray itself, which is programming Ray to take yeah, so this course of actions. Right. This is one of my macro problems with this episode. <laughs> yes. First of all, I think it's trying to do too many things. Yes. First of all, and I think it's trying to send a message on too many things and yes. trying to connect too many things together. <laughs> right. The idea of faulty programming. Okay, I get it. And I think a serial killer is a result of faulty programming. I don't think anybody that is stable would ever have the desire to be a serial killer. But I don't think this is faulty programming. I think this is exactly what the programming was designed to do. Right. So I understand why Bill would signal that way. But as far as like an overall message, I, I don't think it is faulty programming. I know they try and make that comment later about it'll pick up all of our prejudices and racisms and biases, and that's the problem. But that doesn't mean that it's not what was intended, right? Like faulty means things went haywire somewhere. Well, I think that where it is faulty is the fact that I, and this is actually open to interpretation, but I do think that the intention here is that Andy is saying, I couldn't confide in anybody else. So I confided in the AI. And then, you know, he's treating the AI as a, a therapist. Uh, but the AI is also his security guard. The AI is, and I think this is where there is some commentary, which is perhaps actually relevant here, is the idea that there is a reason that you don't necessarily want your security guard to be also your head of marketing to also be your psychotherapist to actually also be your lover for example right you don't necessarily want all those things to be one person and that's what's happening with ai right by having this one size fits all solution for everything the and you know he pitches it at the very beginning that he's just saying like you know there's all this knowledge wouldn't it be great we should share it with everybody that's kind of the utopian view of ai the risk of it is exactly this what happens when there is no separation of church and state for all these different roles. It's purely one size fits all solution. And of course, that solution itself is not truly intelligent. It is simply trying to get a reward from you. And if that reward is like, oh, you know, uh, he's in danger, I need to take these actions to protect him. Uh, now, of course, it's trained itself to see these people as threats based on his conversation uh, in like a therapeutic context, right? So he might be seeing a separation like, no, this is my 
business strategy. This is my personal strategy. And this is my psychoanalytic conversation. But the, you know, Ray, in this case, the AI is just seeing this as one conversation, right? And it's taking drastic action. So I think it's, I think the show is intending for us to say like, this is a risk that is run by having this kind of generalized intelligence, right? Agreed. Interesting point, but maybe a little too much to shoehorn in here. Listen, I agree. Big picture for the rest of us. That's a problem. But I think Andy was not unhappy with the outcome. Right. That's that's I think that's I think it's one of those things of like, oh, it knew what I wanted before I even knew I wanted it. Isn't that great? I think that's what's interesting (laughs) about that moment there. Like, I think you're touching on it is that I didn't read it that way, but you may actually be absolutely correct in the fact that the fact that he wants to hide that conversation he's having, the therapeutic sessions he's having with Ray makes it sound like, well, maybe you're right. Maybe that your interpretation is correct, that he was giving this information to Ray in this context so that he is programming them to do something malicious, right? To actually attack these people. So is that how you read it? That this was like him programming the AI to kill these people off? You think he actually wanted to kill them off? I don't think it was intentional, but I don't think he minded it either. That's true. He definitely would not have wanted Zoomer to Rohan. be the, the mechanism of murder though, correct? Uh, no, I agree with that. I'm just going back to like the theme of this is supposed to be a faulty programming. And I don't yes. think Andy would necessarily agree that this is a faulty programming. I think it's one of those things where you could be like, oh, the algorithm showed me exactly what I wanted before I even realized I was looking for it. I think this is a logical extension of that. That is dangerous for the rest of us. But for the person who found what they're looking for, it's kind of convenient. (laughs) True. Although it has destroyed his interpersonal relationships, right? What part did? Having the AI kill people? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, theoretically, it will damage his reputation as a technologist and damage He's lost his family, right? His uh, wife and child. Well, uh, yes. But I mean, she was already trying to get away from him anyway before the whole bill thing. <laughs> true, true. I don't know. I just thought that the theme was not as airtight as they tried to make it. You know, I think that it raises more questions than it answers, which is true with a lot of technology things. I, I give it a little bit of credit here that I don't think it's necessarily unaware that it's leaving things a little too unanswered. Uh, because it is a very gray area, right? Like depending on how you use these tools, you know, there's a lot of dialogue here touching on a lot of these themes in the fact that like, once again, this is not true AI, it's just predictive text, right? So it's basically trying to guess what the next request is going to be. Uh, we're trusting all this technology a little too much, which obviously is something we do need to deal with. I don't know how satisfying this is as drama though, is, to that point, even though it does raise some somewhat interesting points, I think. I mean, maybe. I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm very unsatisfied. <laughs> a couple more points on the the actual actions in the show and kind of what they might have been. We find out that David was the the one remaining kind of who was the person who held the knife to yes. Darby's throat. It turned out it was David. David was trying to protect Lee, apparently, and just basically telling her to stop her investigation because she thought that it was bringing Lee into her crosshairs. And also that it may have been the helmet malfunctioning, may have been an accident, a complete accident based on the, uh, which might've occurred. I, I kind of like that. Yeah. yeah. I would have liked more of that, by the way, like the fact that everybody turns on each other and really it's just, you know, an accidental death that was misinterpreted. Mm-hmm. I understand there's no separation. We're living in a world where technology is a part of our lives and interwoven into all our relationships to some extent in some way. 
But I think it was a mistake for them to develop all this infidelity, paternity. I just, yes. it seemed it's too much, too much to then tie that into how AI will end us all. Like, <laughs> yes. I mean, a little bit, yes. Like, I mean, I thought the Darby and Bill relationship was really well developed and fun to watch. And like, I enjoyed that just on its own level in a vacuum apart from everything. But the rest of this, um, I don't know. I guess there had to be a reason he was mad at Bill. But it just, it seemed like a lot going on between the paternity and the abusiveness. Maybe just the paternity without the abusiveness. Maybe right. just the abusiveness without the paternity. Right. I don't know. Altogether, it just seemed like too much to then tie into the AI statement. Yeah. And my critique along the same lines would be that I think, and I've wanted this. I mean, I watched the show called Mrs. Davis earlier this year, which I thought was very disappointing as far as its exploration of this moment of AI. And maybe there is something interesting coming down the line, but none of these projects that came out this year, I thought were very satisfying in that regard. But to that point is, I think it would have been interesting to explore these topics in conversations with these characters to actually have them talk about the risks, the upside of potentially, you know, having all these efficiencies in your smart cities, but the risks of oversharing this information and unforeseen consequences so that all these themes would be out there. So that when you get to the end, you're like, oh, here it is. The murder mystery itself ties in with those themes instead of just like in the 11th hour being like, you get it? unforeseen consequences, people. And I'm just like, okay, but I mean, you should have developed that along the way. We spent so much time, you know, with this uh, backstory of this serial killer, which does not thematically add anything to this story at all, other than providing this clue of like faulty programming, which is mm -hmm. like not a, a valid clue in that context when you're talking about you no know, actual serial killers in the past. So Yeah, I mean, that whole thing with not seeing the serial killer's face. Um... Right, right what i get to like maybe we could say like oh a nameless faceless killer type thing i don't know what was the whole point of that i have a big question mark there too i feel like there's still something a why spend so much time on that story if it wasn't going to be more well integrated with the storyline and there still is like i mentioned there's just in the language of the way the clues are presented why not show the killer's face why not show some of these things overtly you know, maybe, maybe this is the possibility that if the show had been, even though this was supposed to be like a one-off, not like a continuing series, I could imagine if the show had been, and it's been relatively successful, by the way, but I don't think successful enough, but let's say the show had been truly, really successful, they could have had Darby do another investigation, maybe the killer's still at large, right? So not that it would be directly a sequel to this show, but a another story with the same investigator in it, which by the way, I'm still open to. I just feel like I don't have a lot of confidence in, you know, the, the result here. So to, to think that, you know, well, what would that storyline look like? And would it be as awkwardly plotted as, as all of this was, I think. And then I also feel like I understand you couldn't just have had the core characters. You needed something more, but I feel like there were too many extraneous people at this retreat. Yes. That we have um, no time with on some of these people. Yeah. Like all of a sudden that one Ziba or whoever is speaking yeah. up in this yes. episode. <laughs> <laughs> Just the whole structure of it. I don't feel it was as tight as it needed to be there for only seven episodes. There were too many extraneous people and plot lines going on. And I know you have to have some of that. Otherwise it's just completely obvious what happened all along, but right. Too much, I felt. Just too ambitious for the amount of time they had. And then like 
it just it, it felt like too many different genres coming together to me. And Martin, uh, poor Martin, had like nothing to do in this whole entire show. It was just there to speak like five lines of dialogue. Yeah. What was up with that? Just to wrap up the plot there, like we don't get any kind of satisfying conclusion in what happened in the past. Like I said, maybe that is intentionally open for a protect, potential follow-up season or movie or something. I don't think that's ever going to happen. But, you know, oftentimes you kind of try to leave that little bit of a sliver of an open door for follow-up products in case something gets popular. But I did find it very funny that we see Andy attack Darby once the everything's out on the table. Lee runs up behind him and smashes him in the in the skull. <laughs> I thought she had actually killed him at this point, which would have been an interesting twist here later. I wonder too. And also, she just kept that bag with her the entire time they were all talking. <laughs> did. did you notice that? I was just like, wow, she doesn't want to put that down. It looks heavy. She's about to throw that yeah. wig on her at any moment. Yeah. Just in case she needed it. And uh, they take that moment, uh, that momentary reprieve to go and burn the server farm down and therefore destroy Ray. And of course, that's the other thing that could have been continued here where, you know, they even have a little opening there that Ray might have been on the internet and might have been able to escape because they did turn off the internet. But, you know, it was open before then. So there was a chance it could have replicated it and moved off at some earlier point. So once again, there could potentially be some continuation of the story. Andy could have a copy of Ray off in another server form. Would not be, you know, you would usually not have only one copy of something this powerful if it was truly important for technology. So there could be an opening here for something more. I don't think that's going to happen, like I mentioned. And then we have this weird finale after that where we see her and Zuma running into the cold. And then we have this book reading where everybody from the show has come to see her. <laughs> I guess she's written another book now. And uh, explaining this murder, she, like, that, that's like a, she's caught up in these murders and she writes bestsellers. Well, I don't know if they're bestsellers or not, but she writes books about them. And they show up for her book reading and she leaves things open in the final chapter. Like, well, maybe they died in the snow <laughs> or maybe they made it to the boat. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. Like if, uh, you know, like if, and I would assume that this is a facetious, by the way, right? That Lee has probably been in touch with her and she's just leaving it open that way because she doesn't want to leave any kind of clues out there. But I do find it funny, this idea of basically being like, I didn't know if they were going to die or make it to that boat. But I, there was one thing that was for sure. Anything was better than leaving with the Icelandic police that day. I'm like, really? Was it? I don't know if that's the best solution. <laughs> if you really did believe these people were going to die out of the snow, maybe there was another option. <laughs> and that's it. That's the whole end of the show. We do see like, you know, a flash forward, flashback or alternate, you know, fantasy sequence where she actually makes it to the boat and they escape. I, I assume we're supposed to believe that they didn't make it. <laughs> It'd be pretty bleak that they're just out there in the snow one day and they'll find them. Frozen. Yeah, I mean, I thought that was reality. I didn't think it was a fantasy sequence. Well, the only reason I say it could be potentially a fantasy sequence is because in her writing of it, when she's doing that reading, she says, I don't know whatever happened to them. I'd like to believe that they made it to that boat, right? But it's like, um, yeah. I'm like, if you honestly didn't think they were going to make it to the boat, you should have told them to stay. Like, go to the police, <laughs> tell them everything that happened. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this kid's underage. He's not going anywhere. Uh, you've been abused. We're all witnesses. And uh, you should go into police protection. And, yeah. uh, and uh, get a legal divorce and take half of his money and you'll be very rich and you can do something successful with that instead of being like, I'm going to disappear into the ether and live off of whatever 
pennies I harvest from my <laughs> internet scams. I'm like, I don't know if that's the right. Maybe decision. they were saying that he would out her for having done that. I don't know, but he, I think he, he was, but she was, she was under age at the time. She was under age at the time, anyway. So it's like she says she was like, yeah, I didn't love that either. By the way, like that scam that I first heard yes. about in Office Space, that movie from like <laughs> right. thirty years right. ago, right? Like, <laughs> it is a legitimate scam though. There <laughs> have been twenty years ago. I but know, it, it, but it is a legitimate scam. So. That has been found multiple times where people will come in there and they will like, you know, just shave off a penny off of every transaction and right. they put some like backdoor account and they just, you know, piggy bank back there. But which, by the way, I thought she should have been doing something like that when she was like saying like, all I could do was I could hack the New Jersey DMV to get my fake ID, but I couldn't find out any, I was completely broke. I had $200 in my pocket. When you're out shopping at the mall with his credit card, you can't go to the ATM and just pocket an extra hundred bucks every once in a while until you have a few thousand dollars. You think she's he's watching everything that closely? Maybe he is. <laughs> or he's Maybe. using his AI. Ray is tracking. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's possible. Yeah. So that's it. This is going to be the shortest recap episode we've had this season. <laughs> There's not that much to say. All right. But a mild preview for what is to come. It's the end of the year. I will have multiple essays I'll be recording during the holidays about like end of year observations, some things I recommend, and just some strange trend lines. Like for example, what's happened to the whole Marvel universe, especially now with the, with the guilty verdict here for Jonathan Majors, which is a huge blow to the current strategy for Marvel, but maybe a strange silver lining for them because the direction they were going in was failing. So and it just gives them a chance to just reboot everything. I mm -hmm. think. So I'll have some observations and some kind of commentary on things that have come here at the end of the year. Um, I'll be wrapping up a bunch of shows that are out there right now. Fargo, uh, Slow Horses is wrapping up. The Curse um, uh, with uh, Emma Stone is wrapping up in a couple of weeks. So many things that are wrapping up in these next two, three weeks. And then uh, something I'm very much looking forward to, the new season of True Detective and uh, Sona, feel free to jump in on that one with me. Catch up on it. Actually, for season one and season three, I would highly recommend really excellent television, but you can go in cold, no pun intended, because um, mm -hmm. there's no uh, there's no interconnecting between these stories. Just like the Fargo show, these are anthology seasons, unrelated one to the other. But uh, that starts on January 16th, so in about three weeks after the holidays. And uh, so feel free to jump in on that, Sona, if you're interested. I may. Um, and you do have, you are taking some time off from work, I assume? Uh, well, my office is closed between Christmas and New Year's. So oh, nice. There you go. You yeah. get plenty of time to binge two seasons of True Detective. <laughs> yeah, I already have a call scheduled for one of those days. So we'll see because it's the first time I've worked at this job during this period of time. We'll see if they really mean the office is closed, but we'll find <laughs> <Right>. out. <laughs> if you do get COVID, though, this is something you can watch. True. If I can stay awake. Yes. <laughs> exactly. That's My hard. That's true. past experience with COVID is that it's kind of like, whether you like it or not, you're going to be going to sleep in the next two minutes. <laughs> so so All have right. a Merry Christmas. You I too. Talk to you somewhere time during the holidays and we'll uh, For sure. plan things out. Okay. All right. Take care. Bye.